won't hit hard. Stretch. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. to a new episode of the Cloudgate Sports Podcast, Coronavirus Edition. Um, so, obviously not a lot of things going on in sports. So, we're going to talk about some things that have been happening the past couple weeks or so. So, right away we're going to get into a segment that me and Pat did about a week ago. What happened with the Hawks trade deadline. What we think about it. What they need to do. Uh, obviously, some of those things have changed since then because of the whole uh, suspending of the season, which we're going to talk about now. So now without further ado, Pat and Mahoney from one week ago, take it away. All right, everybody, welcome. We've got Pat. We're ready to do some Blackhawks talk. So, Pat, I know you're excited about everything, and you're getting a little pumped up, so... Why don't you talk to us about what happened during the trade deadline first? Yeah, so the trade deadline was a week ago from the day we're recording this. It was last Monday. Um, in our last podcast, I touched base on who was kind of the people I expected to go, and those people, which I said, were the ones that did end up leaving us. Yep. So to start things off, Eric Dustin was traded to uh, the Calgary Flames which I wasn't really expecting him to go to Calgary. I think Calgary was kind of a sleeper in terms of people looking for him. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Calgary's in a, they're in a good spot right now. Calgary's yeah. in the third spot in the Pacific, so they are in a playoff spot. Um, and that, that Pacific standings is those three top spots are within five points. Yeah. So I think Calgary picking up Gus was a big move for them because, like I said, Gus is a very offensive-minded defenseman. He's yeah. a key asset to have in a power play. I think exactly what Calgary needs to make that push in the Pacific to solidify their spot in the playoffs. You know, he's a, he, exactly he's a player that they need. So it was a good. I, I agree. I think it was a good move for Calgary. Yeah, I, people were upset. Uh, I mean, we 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 landed two third round picks for that trade. Yeah. Do I think we could have got more? Maybe. Like I said before, uh, Gus's trade stock was highest. Last offseason, after he kind of picked up with the Hawks in, in the back end of the last season, we pushed for the playoffs. Um, we didn't trade him then, and I was kind of upset about that because I knew he was going to bring in a lot of uh, capital for that trade. But we kept him. Um, I have no bad blood for Gustafson. I know I didn't care for him too much while he was on the team. I just don't think he was the guy we needed no, on not the team at all. right now. No. With our current state of our defenseman right now, an office might have man is just not, not what we need. No. Um, we need more like anchoring type uh, people like Connor Murphy and obviously like in Keith. Um, 
So I'm not too upset with that trade. Two third-round picks um, I'm not upset about. The, the more uh, notable trade was Robin Leonard was sent to the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, Pat, I'm not too happy about that, to be honest with you. So there's... I, I'm so I'm kind of indifferent about it. Yeah. Um, first off, I mean, Vegas got a steal. Yeah, I they agree, they 100%. they got a steal, and my God, if they because I'm pretty sure Vegas is leading in the Pacific standings right now. Them in the playoffs, and you got Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard as your two goalies going to the playoffs. It's that's, that's dangerous. Yeah. Reminds me back to the, the, the Hawks teams that won the Cup a couple or years back in 2013 and 2015. Well, we were just so strong in that. Yeah. I mean, that's for Flurry especially, it's going to it's gonna pay off a lot because Flurry's an older guy. He's getting up there in age. He's been in the league for a long time. Yep. Giving him that one game rest in the playoffs and knowing you have a solid backup Robin coming in, it's going to be a good look for, uh, for Vegas. But in that trade, um, we brought in uh, – a, uh, another goalie, which was shocking to me. I wasn't expecting a goalie for goalie type trade. Uh, I was kind of surprised because I yeah. know on our, on our last podcast we I mentioned that I assumed that we were going to trade Leonard um, and then bring up Lankinen from the minors mm-hmm. to kind of learn from uh, learn Corey Crawford. Yeah. So in that trade, we brought in uh, I think it's Malcolm Subban, PK Subban's uh, uh, brother, who's uh, who was the backup all year for the Vegas Golden Knights. And his, one thing I kind of realized is his contract is up after this year. So he's yeah. on a trick free agent after this year. So I don't see the Hawks bringing him back um, yeah. at all. Yeah, I don't either. I could see where – I mean, I don't I don't understand why we would get another goalie. Like you said, I thought it would be smart to bring the other guy up and have Crawford kind of teach him because I think now would be the perfect time to do that for the Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Having Subban and the fact that his contract's up by the end of this year, I wonder if the Hawks think that they're going to be able to strike lightning in a bottle or something. And this is kind of like a limited tryout to see if we want to bring him back next year, if that was maybe a part of the talks. Uh, I think it definitely – I'm not going to rule it out. Um, But ultimately, I do think from the time that we've seen seen Lankanen come up and play in – up in the in the pros when Corey kind of had that spell with the back concussions and stuff like that. He definitely proved his worth. He's yeah. playing really well in rock right now. So I think that's something to see towards the end of the season. You know, depending on how the back half of the season plays out, um, well, that'll be a big question in this off season. Uh, and then in that trade of those, we brought over Malcolm Subban. We brought in a defenseman, uh, Selva Demon, who actually is playing at the University of Denver right now. Um, and he's actually teammates with a Hawks prospect, Ian Mitchell, who's also a D-man at the University of Denver. So they're really close together. So yeah. I do like that move. Um, obviously, we know Ian Mitchell because he's been on a, he's been a Hawks prospect for a while now. So we definitely seen uh, Demon get some playing times. So we know what he's definitely capable of. So I do like the idea of kind of solidifying a nice like camaraderie down in the or down below right now. Yeah. Uh, and relying on that to come up in the, in a couple of years when once their time comes. Uh, and then we also brought in uh, a second-round pick for the 2020 NHL draft. So 
Actually, no, wait. I think that trade actually, or that pick actually ended up going to, I take it back, the pick ended up going to Toronto. And here's why. And this is the part that kind of bothered me. I know Barcelona Chief touched on this as well. Um, is Toronto ended up keeping some of Leonard's salary, and they got a, they got a pick out of it. Uh-huh. And the Hawks have a decent amount of cap space right now, just the way their current roster is with people being hurt and stuff like yeah. that. Why we didn't offer to keep some of Leonard's salary ourselves in order to get another pick out of that is the part that boggles me. And I, I'm stealing this from from Chief because he kept me. He made a really good point. It's like, what do we have to lose at that point? We need the prospects. Oh, a hundred percent. We're not going to go and spend all the money in the back half of the season. No. What's wrong with keeping some of the letters, some, some of the letters money and, and getting a better bank for a buck and getting a good prospect out of it? Yeah, I didn't even realize that. That's that's not good. I totally disagree with that. And like you just touched on, I mean, in any sport, the more prospects, the better. Because if you have too much, then you end up trading it eventually and getting more stuff back. So, I don't know. That that's That's iffy. Big, big if. Uh, so it is, it's, that, that's the part that, that kind of upsets me. Like I said, out of that trade, uh, like I said, Vegas got a really good deal. So we actually traded away our second round pick for Andrew Shaw a couple years back. We brought Shaw back. Mm-hmm. But after these deals on Monday, the Hawks have four picks in the first three rounds. I do like that a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. That's I not bad. Particularly care for Stan Bowman at this point in time. Um, you know, we do have a strong – I mean, look at, look at Kirby Doc, look at Boquist. We have we got some really good young guys down there, mm-hmm. and the Hawks definitely know their stuff when it comes to recruiting people or scouting people, I yeah. should say. Yeah, no, um, we def- I, I like Doc and Boquist a lot. Uh, Doc definitely seems to be getting a little bit more comfortable, even though I what? know every once in a while. I mean, they're young, so there's going to be, you know, the dry spells and stuff. That's normal in any sport. But that is one thing that the Hawks have done a very good job on. Now, Pat, with Bowman, where where are you at right now with Bowman? So this kind of became a pretty big issue after all the trades went down. It was probably about Tuesday after the trade deadline was over. Uh, Bowman went and kind of – obviously, at that point in time, you make some trades like that, you're going to have to address the, the media, and he did. Yep. And he kind of caught – he was kind of saying – he wasn't really getting, he was kind of dodging questions like Bowen usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a rumor that started speculating that, that Robin was in touch with the front office and he would be willing to take a little bit of pay cut to stay in Chicago. Yeah. Because I, I truly believe Robin loved it here. Oh, yeah, I agree. Because um, he expressed it too on social media and he wasn't one right. ride behind it. Right. Um, and I guess Bowman was just ready to go. He didn't want him here. He was too. He just didn't want to risk the idea of not getting anything back for him. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, you never know. I mean, you can say all you want, but you never know what's going to happen in the off season. Yeah. Uh, and Bowman kind of, kind of dodged questions. And the part that bothers me with the whole Bowman issue is I feel like nobody really knew what was going to happen. Mm. I think in this time with the team we have, you need to be talking to Taze and Kane and Keith and Zeeves and Corey and let them know what the hell is going on. Yeah. Because in, in, in reality, it's their team. Yeah. No, They're it's true. Yeah. Who, it's their team. And you talk to people be talking to, or the media would be talking to like, Taze and Kane after the, the trades went through. And it's typical, like, talk from player, you know, it's, it's ultimately, it's a business. And stuff like this is going to happen. 
But I feel like Taze and Kane were kind of shook up that they didn't really expect this to happen. They thought these guys were staying, whether it was Gus or Leonard. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of, you know, what's going on? And I did also read a report that Kane went into the front office and it's like, what's the future of this team right now? Yeah. Which he should. I think he definitely should. Kind of scared him. Yeah. And if you have your star players coming into your office and asking what your projection for the team is for the future, that should raise a, a red flag for Rocky Words. Oh, like 100%. Rocky, look at, you need to look at these guys. You need to look at McDonough. You need to look at Ed Stan. And you need to be like, okay, what am I actually doing with these guys right now? And are they making the best moves for my team? Mm-hmm. The famous quote that Chief, Barcelona Chief, loves to send out is, it's Bowman saying, I believe in this roster. Maybe it's McDonough. It's one of the two. It's the Pinocchio knows. And he's like, I believe in this roster. I believe in this team. Yeah. Yet he's always making all these changes because the team's not right. Like, he doesn't yeah. have faith in the team. Well, I so mean, I, yeah, go ahead, Pat. I just don't like the idea that a lot of people are out of the loop is like in, in terms of you know the, the captains of this team and Pays and Kane and all mm-hmm. those guys. Um, like Bowman can't just be making these moves on his own. Like he really needs to be talking to the. I mean, because Bowman's not down in the locker room. No, hell no. Like you need to be talking to your your guys. And be like, okay, if I do this, how 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 do you think? Wait, you're going to make a trade, and it's going to have ripples. And it's going to have ripples throughout the league. It's going to have ripples throughout your organization, and also it's going to have ripples through the role and through the locker room, mm-hmm. and through and and the performance on the ice. Yeah. Um. So like I said it's that's the issue with Bowman that kind of got me. Uh, it's just there wasn't a lot of clarity between people. No, and that's the last thing. Is that because like you need to try? You like if I'm a player, I want to trust in my hierarchy. Oh, of course. And if I can't trust in that man, then like, like you, then you can start asking, like you start doubting the people that are above. It starts at the top, man, and once it starts kind of trickling down, and the players get a hold of it, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Like, is he really trying to help us right now? Like, what is he doing? And you start questioning yourself, you start questioning your team. And I and I truly believe this. I don't think the players believe in themselves. I I think Cowden and the, the assistant coaches and all the players they're once they're one solid unit right now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a big disconnect between the front office and, and the guys on the ice. Yeah. Uh, so, going off of Leonard's social media presence, I, I, I have a question for you, Pat. So, yeah. about a half an hour, 45 minutes before the deadline ended, Leonard let out a tweet, and it was some it was some casual, like, how's your day going? And, like, it was something yeah. like that. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It kind of shocks me, though, that – I don't know. I kind of feel like this trade could have been like a last-minute rushed thing and that we could have gotten more for Leonard. Do you feel like it was a rushed last-minute thing just for Bowman to do something and for him to say that he did do something? Uh, part of me – so it's hard to tell with Leonard on his social media because Leonard is a pretty sarcastic dude. Yeah. Uh, I do have the tweet up here right now. And it's about 30 minutes before the deadline last morning. And it's a nice, calm day in St. Louis. Anything special going on Twitter today? Yeah. And so, obviously, it's all the, the heat. And I remember tweeting about 1 o'clock that I'm like, okay, the deadline's in one hour. Yeah. And no moves are traded. And literally, right as I published that tweet, my brother texted me. And he's like, hey, you need to delete that because like, Gus just got traded. Yeah. And I'm in class, and I see Robin got traded. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I... That's, that kind of plays into the idea of the rumor that speculated after Robin got traded that um, 
that he was he offered to take less money for over a longer period of time, mm-hmm. and it, it just got sniped out from underneath him. Yeah, and that's why I think that's why I think the disconnect that might have been why Kane went there is because Kane's here from Leonard. You know, a dude he's bonding with on the ice day in and day out. That hey, you know, I offered to take a lower cut, and he still sent me away. Yeah. So it's definitely a possibility. I with Bowman, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, so I mean, if, if I think it was Winter offered to take a three-year contract for like less money over yep. three years, and he got traded. So I think it's definitely a possibility. I wasn't expecting uh, Vegas to be the ones to make the move. I honestly thought it was going to be Carolina after seeing that they lose both their goalies in one game. They have the emergency goalie come in and make eight saves and get the win. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's definitely going to be Carolina. It's going to be pushing hard for them right there. Uh, and when Carolina kind of dropped out of the the talks with them, I'm like, oh, my God, Bowman's asking like a stupid amount for Leonard. Yep. And no team's going to put up for it. And then he sends his trade to Vegas. So yeah. I'd love to know what Carolina was offering if he sent his trade to Vegas. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a rush thing, but um, especially if that idea of Robin offering to take less is actually true. Yeah, looking back at it, would you rather have wanted Leonard or Crawford to go? Uh, Leonard. Leonard, Because yeah. I don't think I don't think we would have signed back Leonard in the offseason because, I mean, look at him, dude. He's playing the heaven a hell of a year. Teams are going to put up big money for him, and I just don't think the I mean, he had a hell of a year last year, too, so... Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we would have been able to sign it back in the summer. I don't think we would have put up the money for him, and ultimately we got nothing for it. So I do think letting. And I know Jay is going to hear this and start fuming. I do think Leonard. Much as it sucks, and I love them both, and I have nothing but respect for Robert Leonard, and I hope he does so well in the playoffs for Vegas. Mm. Um, I do think it was ultimately right since for him to leave, or for him to be traded. Yeah, I agree. I, we we touched on it in the last episode too. I feel like me and you were the only two people to agree that Leonard should be the one to go. And looking yeah. back at it, I could still agree that Leonard should have been the one to go. Uh, so now the Hawks are kind of dragging us back in, Pat. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's been a, so the trade deadline went through, um, and I know Brandon, you wanted to record, and I'm like, let's give it a couple days. I want to see how the Hawks how the Hawks respond. Yeah. Uh, and. They sure as hell responded pretty damn well. Yeah, uh, they did. So they played three days after the trade deadline. They played Tampa Bay in, uh, in Tampa, and they won five to two. Dominic Kubalik puts up a hat trick. I'm pretty sure the people are, are sleeping out. on him. People are sleeping Ooh. on him. That's Kubalik. He's leading the leading, leading the league in rookie scoring. Like yeah. he, it, nobody's even close to him. Yeah. Um, they. I can pretty sure they were down two nothing in that game. And they put up five, five unanswered. Yeah, they like were they, down two nothing. Yep. They just caught fire. They started rolling. Kubelik. I mean, he's a hell of a player. Man. Yeah. It just, I just really think if Kubelik's playing the way he is right now, and if Strom was playing a full force, and Frankie was playing a full force, we have all the scoring in the world. Yeah. But uh, it's just not Strom and Cat's season. But they played really well against a very good Tampa Bay team. A very, very good, yeah, very good Tampa they Bay team. They got the job done. They took a couple of days off, and then they played Florida uh, Saturday night in in Florida. And Corey Crawford played a hell of a game. Out of his uh, mind. He did play very well. He had 40, 40, 40 shots against. He saved 38 out of the 40. Uh, and, I mean, Jonathan Tate's 
that's the that's the taser we know, and that's the taser I've been trying to get at. Where earlier in the year he's kind of he's been losing his temper, he's taking a lot of stupid penalties, mm-hmm. um, and he's kind of just getting break breaking down on himself. And I mean, t- Taze, you're the captain, man. People, those young guys like Kirby and Bopas and Coop Wait, they're looking up at you. Yeah, you set an example. And Taze uh, Boquist has a hell of a shot. He reads Taze to stick perfect on the ice, uh, sends one towards the net. Taze is right there, redirects it in, puts it up uh, for one, or ties it up at one. Yep. And then dual tape, uh, which I actually thought Coop Week scored this goal for the longest time. But <laughs> actually, Kajula uh, knocked in the second one off a redirect. Uh-huh. And then the Hawks gave up a, a tough goal in the last like minute and a half of the game. Yeah. So tied up. And. I was at my buddy's apartment watching the game, and I mean, I love Hawks. I, when it comes to the pot, when it comes to the overtime and shootouts, I will take the Hawks over anybody. I'll take the Hawks and Corey Crawford over any team in the league. Yeah, uh, we played. We played a very good. We were attacking a lot in uh, in overtime. Just couldn't find one home. And right when it went to the shootout, I knew we had it. Um, Taze has a hell of a goal. Puts his fiftieth uh, shootout goal up for his career. Yeah, and then Kane. Whenever Kane comes out there, you got to know. you got to expect the unexpected. He yeah. seals the deal for us. Yeah. So, we played so well that game. I love the mentality. Taze is out there leading by leading by example. Um, I mean, the Hawks' power play was very good up until that game. Uh, but it was – I'm not going to harp on that too much. But, I mean, it's overall, man. I, they're sucking me back in in the way their schedule's looking forward. Um, I think – God, I'm really going to regret saying this. I think they have a very good opportunity to make up for where they are in the standings and make a push for that last wild card spot. Yeah, but like they, you said, opportunity. Like you said, opportunity. The right. Hawks have to actually do something about it. They've got the good layout right now, but we know with this Hawks team, they like they've liked to disappoint us these last couple of years. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, they are six points out of the West. So the Western Conference wildcard spot is going to be a blast to watch. Um, Vancouver has the number one spot at 74 points. And then for the second wildcard spot, there is a three-way tie at 72 points. Mm-hmm. And Soda comes in at third with 71. And the Hawks come in at fourth with, at 66. So the Hawks are six points out. They're scheduled going forward. Uh, they play Anaheim on Tuesday. Which I think is a very, a very doable game for the Hawks. I think it is. Um, that's at home. Then we're against Edmonton at home on Thursday the fifth. Which Edmonton is going to be a tough game. We took a tough loss to them a couple weeks ago without Connor McDavid. McDavid's back on the ice, so we're going to have to uh, talk her down for that game. And then we're at Detroit on Friday. So that's the game we were just talking about. It's a Thursday Friday game that's coming up this week. Is I'm expecting we're going to see Malcolm Subban against Detroit on yeah. Friday, the 6th, because Corey had a good break from Saturday's game against uh, the Panthers till t- tomorrow's game against Anaheim, so I'm sure Corey will get to start tomorrow. He'll also have a decent break. Uh, he'll have a day off against going into Edmonton. Yeah. And I think with Edmonton, how, how good of a team they are, we need Corey in the net for that game. Yes. And then I do think that back-to-back at Detroit, uh, we're going to see Malcolm in his first game. And he, he did pretty damn well. I'm not going to knock him at all. He had a, he had a good time. Uh, and he had an 8-9 eight, or an eight, or an eight, save percentage and 19 starts with Vegas. So, I mean, he's a good goalie. It's, as me and Brandon were talking about before we started recording, 
it's going to be tough because we don't have Robin Leonard anymore. Yeah. It's we're going to have to rely a lot on Corey. And if there's anybody, and I think this kind of ties into our, our argument last week on our podcast, I'd rather have rely on Corey for a stretch like this where we could make a push for the playoffs mm-hmm. than Robin Leonard. Yeah. And I mean, not to knock Leonard, but we all know his uh, shootout history. Yep. So who knows what would have happened with that game against Florida if uh, Leonard was still here. So No, I agree. So I agree. just so they, a little. So they have a lot of potential going forward. Um, and this this last stretch before the playoffs are coming up is not going to be easy. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and we got games against St. Louis, the Capitals, Minnesota twice in one week, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Montreal. It's it's going to be a tough a tough go in March. See, but that's uh, what that's what the Hawks need to gain ground. They need these tough opponents to really get the, uh, some points and uh, really battle for that wild card spot. So, I think the schedule is what we want it to be. Of course, the easier the better. But again, we're down six points. We need to start catching up. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we have the pieces, man. I really do. And if Kays can keep it up, and we 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 know we're going to get out of our top guys, uh, and we need Corey to keep doing what he's doing. The hard, like I said, I've been preaching this since the first day, the first time we recorded the Hawks the Hawks talk. The team has potential, man. They yeah. just really need to go out there and show it. And I hope I hope they're fired up now after these past two games. I really hope they're fired up. And if they can just get rolling at the right time, man, they can they can make a run for their money. Yes, that would be huge. That would be huge. All right, Pat. Does that do it for you? That's all I got, man. All right. All right, so, Pat, kind of going off what happened with the suspension of the season, there's kind of things going on with the new playoff segment or uh, new playoff format. What do you think of that so far? So I do think there's going to be some changes that will come through. Um, just because I think they're the, the tentative timeline right now with the NHL is looking for training camp to kind of open up in the beginning of May. Um, yeah. Which is just trying to get some players back on the ice before, because in reality nobody's allowed to do anything right now. So get some players back on the ice in the beginning of May and then kind of go from there. Um, and this, this new, there was a lot of rumors going around with the new playoff format just for the season to kind of, offer some teams that are making a late push the chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Hawks, as we all know um, in the previous segment, that Western Conference wildcard spot is very close. And the Hawks were rolling for a little bit before the season was suspended. Um, they took down a really good Edmonton team, shut down Conor McDavid that night. Corey Crawford's been playing really well. We had a back-to-back in Edmonton, went right to Detroit. Uh, and we ended up losing to a really, really bad Detroit team, which was a tough, tough one to take. And I wasn't too happy with the way Cowden handed the lineups right there. I don't think Corey should have played that game. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that in the segment, too, where we thought that was definitely the part where uh, Subban was going to get his shot. But I I agree. I think Crawford definitely shouldn't have played that game. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's scary, too, because there was a a play during that game when Crawford got hit by a a defenseman for Detroit. I mean, it looked pretty bad. Like, he could have busted up his knee pretty bad and if yeah. that's the case we don't have Rob Leonard anymore we have Subban and Delia and Lankin down in the minors mm-hmm. so it would have been a scary situation uh, but after that the uh, the season was halted due to the, the coronavirus 
a lot of rumors going around with a new playoff format if the season does pick up uh, in, in the near future, which all I'm going to say is in a couple months, if things kind of slow down, we're going to have the Masters. We're going to have the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs. MLB is going to start kicking up. Like, it's going to be a great couple months of sports. Um, yeah, definitely. But that's all. Yeah, uh, the, the, the suspension right now definitely stinks because, I mean, we were definitely starting to get into the heat of everything. But I don't know. I think this might be good for the Blackhawks. And, uh, well, we know for the playoff format, if it does move to the 24 teams, the Hawks would have the 23rd spot. So they'd be able to sneak in there. Uh, but, of course, that can change if there's still some regular season being played. The Hawks definitely still need to play well to keep that 23rd spot because I feel that would be very embarrassing if they wouldn't make the 24-team playoff format. Uh, so, yeah, so what do you think uh, the Blackhawks' chances would be if they would make the 24-playoff format? How do you think they would uh, play in that uh, situation? Yes. So, well, yes, like you said, too, it's good for a lot of the teams right now that as long as nobody's getting sick, it's plenty of time for players to get healthy. Yeah. And the Hawks kind of need a little breather because they're running on empty right now. Crawford sure is healthy for breather. Um, let some of those guys that are injured, like Shaw and them, kind of pick things back up. I mean, I'm not expecting Fever to come back and whatsoever. But and right now, the current playoff format is 12 teams make it. Um three from each, each of the four conferences, and then there's two teams from each conference. Or two, yeah, two teams from each conference that make the wild card. Right now, they're looking to go into a 24-team playoff system, which would put the Hawks at the 23 seed and the Montreal Canadiens at the 24 seed. Um, realistically, there's going to be some buys that are probably going to go into that, and they're going to try to have like a – kind of look at it as college basketball over the ways uh, some of the, the – like the Big Ten or the Big East do their buy-in games. Uh-huh. Um, so it's going to be like a preliminary type round, which will kind of try to knock it down to like 24 teams, maybe to 16. Um, and obviously the higher-seeded teams are going to gonna get a buy going into that. Um, but yeah, so like I've said it since day one, since we started recording, nobody wants to play the Hawks in the United Center in the playoffs. No, not the Madhouse, baby. How, not the Madhouse. I don't care how bad we've been playing. Um I don't care how scuffed the season is. I I truly believe that no team wants to come play guys like Patrick Kane and Don Pays and Keith and especially Coop Week in the season he's having. Yeah. And Crow. They don't want to come here and play play with us. No. So I mean I think it'd be awesome to give them give them the opportunity. It's actually interesting too, if this playout were to if this were to play out in the way that it, we're talking about with the twenty fourteen playoffs. All seven teams from the central division would actually make playoffs. Oh, interesting. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, Nashville, Minnesota, and the Hawks. Hawks being that seventh seed out of that entire group. Um, so, I mean, I think it would be a lot of fun. I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs in general, whether your team's in it or not, is always just through the roof. It's oh, it's electric. Yeah, but uh, hopefully there's fans that are going to be able to go to these playoff games because if not, that would definitely suck. Right, and it's kind of thinking of like the uh, – the March Madness when they're going to kind of go ahead with it without having any fans. Like, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, did you I see that uh, video on Twitter? The Somebody edited out the uh, the oh, crowd. The Villanova game shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would I mean, be crazy to think about. Yeah, but, I mean, um, it was pretty close to happening. So, it was, it's not out of the realm of, possi- of uh, possibility. So, I guess we'll see what happens with uh, all of that. The Hawks... 
Hopefully they can roll into the playoffs because that would be nice. There's nothing quite like summertime NHL playoffs, especially when the Hawks are in the playoffs. So hopefully we see that, Pat. That would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, so we're going to go over to the other side of town with the Chicago Bulls. Jay, it's time to talk some Bulls. We haven't done it quite a lot. but Oh, you know, I guess the the good thing is we left off on a win. So uh, Yeah. And a Kobe White start. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Kobe White's first start. Uh, they got the win against the Cavaliers, who obviously aren't a great team. But, hey, we'll take it. A win is a win with this Bulls point. team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in 38 minutes, Kobe had 20 points, five rebounds, and five assists. <clears throat> he did have nine turnovers, but, you know, he's still young. He can work that out. But, uh, yeah, other than that, there's nothing much really going on with the Bulls. So, like I said, uh, Kobe White's good start. The only other real news I've heard is OKC's GM Sam Presti is now the front runner for. Yeah, uh, it's no, time to get Garpex the, the fuck out of here. So let's hope yeah. let's hope there's some uh, traction onto those rumors. But yeah, so uh, that does it for the Bulls, the Hawks, and now we're gonna move on to the Sox and Cubs. Kind of sucks that the season was postponed, but Jack, what do we got going on the north side of town? On the north side of town, well, I remember we did a podcast about or when we did our first podcast after our long break. I talked about how I didn't really like the outlook of the Cubs season, and I didn't really like the direction they were going in. But after kind of seeing a little bit of spring training, seeing things on social media, how the team is gelling together under David Ross, I'm actually pretty optimistic about this upcoming season. I mean, if you think about the guys that they have on their roster, the Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Jason Hayward, Wilson Contreras, that's a solid lineup. Yeah. And especially if you add a guy in there that was that was playing very well in the spring in Ian Happ, and you plug him into that center field spot, I think he could provide a lot of power up on the north side. Yeah, I agree with the whole offensive stuff with the Cubs. There's going to be absolutely no problem with that. Uh, Pitching-wise, what have you guys seen so far spring training? Well, from the Cubs, I mean, I know you, Darvish, had had a couple nice starts. Kyle Hendricks was doing his thing. I know Lester struggled a little bit. I mean, that was expected last year, especially in the second half of the season after the All-Star break. We saw a major decline in his velocity and the way he was able to use his stuff doesn't seem like a guy that can go six or seven innings like he was able to do three, four years ago. And I do believe that by the end of the 2020 season, whenever that starts, whenever that ends, I believe John Lester is going to be in the bat or the fourth or fifth starter for the Cubs solely based off of what I've seen last year. And from what I've seen in spring training this year, um, Quintana, it's up in the air. You never know what you're going to get with him. And again, that fifth starter spot for the Cubs is still wide open. And especially with things being in, uh, on pause now with the coronavirus outbreak, it's going to be interesting to see how the Cubs handle the fifth starting spot moving forward. Yeah, uh, with the White Sox, there's. I feel like this break definitely sucks for the fans. But if you look at it uh, in the glass is half full kind of thing, then we'll see that Carlos Rodon is, might be healthy by the time the season starts up, which would be huge for the White Sox to get him with uh, probably sitting in the five or six spot in the rotation. Kopech's going to have more time to get healthy. He'll probably still start down in AAA to get a couple starts. 
And most importantly, it just gives the guys more time to relax and kind of get their bodies right because the White Sox last year got dinged up way too much. Some other White Sox news is we saw our big boy, Yerman Mercedes, get sent down to AAA. Also, Zach Collins was sent down to AAA. So it looks like the White Sox are going to stick with two catchers instead of three, which I feel like every almost everybody believed that they would go to a third catcher as their 26th man. I guess we'll see what they do if they add another outfielder or uh, possibly add another bullpen arm. The uh, The White Sox looked pretty good this spring offensively. Pitching-wise, was pretty solid. We saw Kopech get out there. His first five pitches were in the triple digits. So it's, it was just exciting to finally see him on the mound. It's going to be uh, weird to see. Jay, you go. My bad, man. What's the, what's the deal with Madrigal? Is he uh... – if there was any doubt, he wasn't going to be on the opening day roster. I mean, this whole Madrigal. Delay. It, 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 it is Madrigal. It's it Madrigal. is Madrigal. Come on. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it, it's interesting to think about this time. If it, it all depends on what the MLB schedule turns out to be. If they keep the 162, which I highly doubt they will, uh, then I'll see. Then I would guess Madrigal is going to stick in AAA for a month or two. But if they do go to the 81-game format, which has been rumored around, then I would not be surprised if Madrigal starts up in the majors right away because it all depends on the service time and how it's going to be manipulated with the with the schedule change, if there even is going to be a service time problem if there's only 81 games. So it all depends on what's going to come out in the next couple weeks. Things could change on the drop of a dime, so... It's kind of all up in the air. Really, you know. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens. I do believe that they're going to go to an 81-game schedule just solely based on the fact that I, I heard that and I saw that the earliest they were going to start the season is May. So if the earliest you're going to start the season is in May, that, that takes away a, a whole month and a couple of weeks off. Of I saw it here. Yeah, I, I, dude, I, I don't know. With all this crazy <laughs> shit that's going on, who who knows what's going to come out? I mean, but I feel like it changes so, hourly. If it's June, then it, it probably is going to turn. It's such yeah, a time crunch. Oh yeah, yeah you can't be playing December. No, right. Unless so if all summer. games are in Tropicana <laughs> in Miami, so which I doubt it. <laughs> I, I actually also feel like they're gonna they're gonna base the schedule around like. Teams are going aren't going to, especially in the early stages of, of whatever season that they have. I really feel like they're going to tailor the schedule so teams aren't traveling as far as normal. Yeah, uh, but I I saw on Twitter uh, it was from a verified account, so I don't know how much weight this has. But they are talking about if they do plan on keeping uh, like the 162 game schedule, and if the playoffs carry on to mid-November, then they will move the uh, games to a, lo- uh, what's it called, uh, like uh, a location where neither teams play. So, like, they'll play in neutral. Tropicana, yeah, neutral location. They'll play in Tropicana, Miami. They'll play in the warm states. So, the teams in the Midwest, like the Cubs, the Sox, it, it, it's not going to be playable here in November and December. So, we could see the neutral locations, kind of like how the Super Bowl is. We could see uh, stadiums, and what may even be interesting that nobody's talked about is if they go into different countries like they do in the during the season. If they do like the Mexico series, or the or like the Puerto Rico Dominican Republic, if they go to the, those kinds of uh, 
areas to play during the playoffs. I feel like that could put an interesting twist on things. I really hope that they still do the Field of Dreams game with the White Sox. Wow, well, I didn't even I think was, about that. I'm looking forward to that. Even though I'm a Cubs fan, I'm looking forward to that game so much just to see the, the atmosphere. Just Listen, buddy, don't start poking the bear, okay? You know what happens. You know what happens when you start poking me. It doesn't end well for you. So I don't know why you're doing it. But anyways, I lost my train of thought. Thank you. But, no, but I'm, I'm really scared. I don't want them to cancel that game. I think it's going to be a great experience for the MLB and completely. Um, so I hope to God they don't they don't get rid of that. I don't think they are because they're already starting to build a stadium and all that, aren't they? And, and it's well, not August. It's, it's in August. It's in August, yeah, it's, so I don't think there's oh, going to be a problem. August. Okay. I don't think there should be problems with that then. I'm just hoping that they don't cancel it. Just like I hope that fans or the capacity, the max capacity of fans that can be there are able to attend because that would be an awesome thing to experience. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it already now, only there's only like 3,000 tickets. It's not like there's a crap ton of tickets just sitting around. Right, and a lot of that goes to media and families exactly. and all that. So you're looking at maybe half of that, maybe even less than that. But it'll it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out, man. I mean, it's it's a tough situation for for all sports fans across the country and across the world. Um, matter of fact, and it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I'm scared for for especially the NBA and the NHL because I don't really see those seasons returning anytime soon. Maybe a playoff format. I like the 24-team playoff format that, that you guys talked about with the NHL. But we'll see, man. It's it's an interesting time. It is definitely an interesting time. And it kind of stinks with – like, I don't know what to do with no sports. Like, I've been sitting in my house for the last couple of days not knowing uh, what to uh, do. Maybe bet on the weather? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we could start betting on the weather. Yeah, we could do that. Or we could uh, – oh I saw on Twitter uh, – did you guys see this video of the guy that rolls marbles? There was oh, a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was entertaining, of course. But so these last couple days, I, I guess. More. Huh? I got one more thing for baseball. Go right uh, ahead, Pat. Talking about the their playoff changes that they're discussing, moving it from ten teams to fourteen and allowing teams to pick who they play. Yeah, uh, that's that. no bueno. What is that? That's Someone no bueno. Because I don't know what – I didn't see that. Didn't we talk about this in an old episode when they first talked about the playoff change? We might have, but I, I, I don't remember. I'll, I'll say it again, though. I am uh, not a huge fan. Uh, I, I don't mind expanding the playoffs. We just saw the NFL do it also. I don't mind adding those two extra teams. But I am so against picking who they play. Because yeah, it, just, it just creates a totally unfair disadvantage for teams. Because uh, baseball, I mean, of course baseball, you can't predict everything. It's not like you just walk on the field and win a game if your team's better. You've got to play every game. But having, let's, I don't know, like a team that just sneaks into the playoffs, play the number one seed, and just get wiped and have no chance, it just it doesn't seem fair. No, so would they not have a chance? I guess they I would mean, have a chance, but you know, I, don't know. I mean, baseball is a game about who's hot, and I don't know. Look at look at the Nationals; they snuck in, and they ended up winning a World Series. And you know, it might even be fuel for these guys that get that the number one seeds picked to play. Like, they're like, okay, are they picking on us now? All right, let's go kick their ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
But all, I, I mean, like where your head's at, Jay. I like yeah. where your head's at. But then again, it's like I don't. I don't like the whole picking. Like you said, Brandon, it gives a complete disadvantage to to these other teams. I, I think the the playoff form. I don't know who proposed that idea. I don't know where it, it was at, but that's that, a stupid idea. In my opinion. It was I the. Think, it was the. What? It was Uncle Manfred. He's the one that proposed it. Oh, it's it's coming. It's man, coming from Big that. Dog. It's coming from Big Dog. Wow, that's interesting. He must have been hammered. You, <laughs> the only thing I like about the new proposed idea, I'm very indifferent on the picking. You get to pick where you play because I kind of agree with Jay that you know that can act as you know a, a fire and it can piss people off and make the games a little more interesting. So I can a see fire you, underneath your your dupla. Yeah, right. But the one thing I do like is them moving the wild card games to a three game series. I like that a lot. I, I mean, we all know the Cubs got screwed over a couple years ago with that. And Jay said it's right. Like it's, it's a matter of who's hot. Um, so I do like, and I think it's said too that the, when it comes to the wild card games, the better record hosts all three games. That one I don't really care about necessarily. Go either way. But the idea of moving it to a three game series, I think, is probably the right move. You're giving a fair chance to the, to the teams that are playing. Yeah. One last thing. Big news for all the Illinois betters. Eddie Olchek. Yep. 16-1 odds for the White Sox to win the World Series. He put that first legal bet in Illinois. And now there is no more betting because of the coronavirus. So we could see how quick that has tur- turned in the last uh, Brandon, couple weeks. Brandon, I want to ask you one question. One more question. Go right ahead, buddy. Shoot. This is, the th- this is the third one more question, but it's okay. All right, go ahead. Have you – actually, I already know that you have. How is MLB 20 the show? Oh, 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 Jack. It is uh, quite delightful. Way um, better than nineteen. Way better than nineteen. You know they fixed the well, hitting yeah, end. Hobby's on the hobby's on the cover, so oh, you shut better. your mouth. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, oh. they fixed the hitting engine. It's quite. It's the offense feels really smooth. The playing feels really smooth. Uh, have you, have any of you guys played it yet? I have not. Uh, there's I'm waiting this... for it to come to Xbox in a couple of years, so I can kick your ass, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. Next year. MLB 21, the show, is going to be available for Xbox. Yeah, Yo-Yo is going to be on there, bro. He's going to be on the cover. After he no, wins, dude, uh, Tim, Tim Anderson Tim Anderson's going to be on the cover. He's the best shortstop <laughs> in the world. Tim Anderson should be on. He should have been on the cover. Did anyone time. ever say he was the best shortstop in the world? No, no one ever uh, said you, that, actually. You act like we he's said the best the shortstop city. in the world. We said the city. All right, all right. We can all agree Alexi Ramirez is the best shortstop in the yeah, world. The, so. Give me the Cuban missile over everyone. Exactly. Nah, Ryan, Ther- Ryan Therio is the best one ever. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. All right, so. Jay doesn't know who that is. I can guarantee you. Oh, yeah, so. I do. He played for the Cubbies. Ryan Terrio. No, Jay No, Jay doesn't know who that is. Oh. Yeah, dude, he played for the Cubbies, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah? What number What number was he? You don't know. I don't suck his penis. Whoa! <laughs> hey! Actually, you know what? Now that we have all of the uh, coronavirus going down, uh, I feel like one of our next episodes, we should just let Jack and Jay hang loose. Dude, I I'm down. That. I bet I Jay that. is scared. Jay I would is scared. Brandon, I would have him, I have him crying for mommy. <laughs> <laughs> mommy. <laughs> All right, all right. So, I, th- I would bury you. All right, let's wait. Let's wait for the Close. next episode then. But uh, one of the last things that we want to talk about before we close out the episode, obviously PT couldn't be here today, but I'm going to record a little segment with him later talking about the Bears free agency. 
But as of now, what do you guys think of the free agency? Like, what do you think of the move so far? There's a big dick coming to Chicago, baby. That's what I'm thinking. Big dick Nick, Jesus baby. Welcome Christ. to Chi-Town. I've seen a lot of hate on the deal. Uh, I, for one, am not opposed to it. I like it, actually. What do you guys think? Pat, you want to go ahead? Yeah, so I know we were talking about it this morning in our group chat. I'm, I don't hate this. I don't hate it at all. I kind of touched base. I didn't want Cam, and I think we didn't. We made the right move by not picking up Cam Newton because of his health, his previous years of being injured. I think yeah. that's the right move. Andy Dalton, he doesn't. He's a good quarterback. Obviously, he had a great wide receiver in AJ Green. Doesn't have a lot of experience to give Mitch though. All he's done is lost in the wild card game to the Steelers year in and year out. So I don't think he would, and I feel like he would have came with a bigger price too. Nick Foles played down at Jacksonville last year. Played with a guard, Gardner Menchu, who had a Decent season when he took over. Yeah, uh, he got hurt. He knows the backup position. He's won a Super Bowl. You know, I, I saw something on Twitter today that uh, it's Foles and Trey Burton are back together. Trey's probably never going to play a game again this year. But regardless, <laughs> yeah, I like true. Trade. I, I do move. It's a fourth round pick and some cash. I don't hate it. Um, I think we said it. It's going to offer some good competition for Mitch. But I mean, I'm still gung ho on Mitch. He's still our guy. Yeah. And if it goes south this season, which I hope it doesn't, you know, I'm not too worried. I'd much rather have Nick Foles in backup than have James yeah. Daniel. Oh, I was just gonna, I was gonna say that same thing. He's a great a great pickup to have. It's knowing that Mitch is our guy. He's a great guy to have a, as backup and Mitch can learn shit from him. He could like Pat said, just to piggyback off what Pat said, all the experience that Nick Foles has. He's worked with uh Nagy, uh, he's coming in. He's working with the same quarterback coach he had in his year in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I just think I think it's a great fit. Obviously, it would have been exciting to have a guy like Cam Newton, despite his injuries, because he's like such a superstar. Yeah. But uh, I think I think especially since the Jaguars are taking up some of uh, his, uh, uh, they're paying like eighteen million his contract, I think, and sending him here. So yeah, I think it's a good fit. I don't hate the move solely because we didn't have to give up much for him. Um, I do think that there is a possibility that if training camp rolls around and Nick Foles shows that he can do things that Mitch Trubisky just can't, I wouldn't put it past the Bears to start Nick Foles week one. Because, listen, this is a guy that's won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. He, he led a team to a Super Bowl when all the odds were stacked against him. Nobody thought that he was going to be able to do that against the Patriots. Big, big, now, big. that has to count for something. He's not elite elite by any means, but he knows how to run an offense. I read something today that uh, Nagy said that, that he picks up on th- – Foles picks up on things very quickly. And that's one of the things that he's coming in and bringing to the table. And I think that, like I said, if he comes in, and I think the the good thing about this too is that Mitch has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder now. Yeah. With Chase Daniel, you know, behind him, he knew that that Chase Daniel wasn't going to be the starter over him. But now you get a guy that's won a Super Bowl, that's proven that he can play at the highest of levels with the highest of stakes under pressure. He could easily come in and take Mitch Trubisky's starting spot if Mitch doesn't play with that chip on his shoulder and play like he has something to prove. Uh, another thing that we've already brought up a couple times in this discussion is that Nick Foles is a naggy guy. Seems like we've got a lot of naggy guys on this team. I feel like sooner or later, uh, these naggy guys, which they have not been producing that well as of late, 
So I think Nick Foles, if he doesn't pan out at all, that Nagy is definitely going to be on the hot seat. If not, he's already is. So it's just interesting to see what's going to happen this season with Mitch, with Nick, with all those guys that Nagy brought in. It's just an interesting time to be a Chicago sports fan, honestly. But I do like what the Bears have done this offseason, right? You look at you look at the moves they've made so far. They re-signed Eddie Jackson to to a pretty big deal. I like that. Eddie yeah. Jackson's elite. He's a he's a pro bowler, two-time pro bowler. Then you re-sign Danny Trevathan. Now they had the option that they were gonna either sign re-sign Nick Kwiatkowski or Danny Trevathan. A lot of people thought Trevathan was gonna walk. They brought him back on a team friendly deal, and I'm really, really that happy I about love that. Back. Yep, me too. I love that. Roquan, Trevathan, and Mack, that's the best linebacker trio in the NFL, if if you ask me. Well, and we got Robbie Quinn now, too. And Robbie yeah, Quinn's going right. to be pushing off was, the edge. That's the move I like the most this offseason, hands down. I think yeah. we we harped on it a lot earlier in, in our couple of our recordings while the season was still going on, that Leonard Floyd just wasn't doing shit. Um, yeah, he, he already found we, a new home in Los Angeles, so it worked out for right, both sides. Let him go enjoy it. But we talked about it. Like the reason why Mac was getting was basically silent this year is because he's getting double teamed, triple teamed. Because I knew Leonard wasn't going to do anything on the other side. Leonard's gone. We signed up or we picked up Robert Quinn for five years, seventy million. It's going to take some pressure off Khalil Mac and let Mac be able to do what he does best and get some one on ones on the edge. That's I think scary. that's one of the most under. It is scary. I think it's one of the most underrated moves in the entire NFL this offseason. Outside of like Tom Brady and stuff like that, but like still, Tom Brady's I mean, that, washed. Pat, get out of here. <laughs> uh, but still, I mean, Ro, Roquan, uh, Trevathan, Quill Mack, and Robert Quinn. If those four can stay healthy and then have our interior D line, oh, and, and Pat, Hicks stop. Nichols and oh. stuff like them, dude. If we can stay healthy, I mean, literally all Mitch has to do is just like complete a pass here and there, and we'll be fine. I think and we can at least score a touchdown. Yeah, and at least yeah. get a touchdown yeah. within the first game. But Defense thing, is going like, to be good. Go ahead, it's, gonna, it's, it's not going to be as good as it was two years ago, but I think they're going to show some glimpses of that same type of defense. I just well, feel like Ryan... Go ahead, Jay. Go, go ahead, ahead. Jay. No, no, you go. No, you go. All right, man. Oh, no, you go. Okay, I'm going. I'm going. This is what I got to say is real quick. Uh... I mean, as, if Mitch can just show glimpses of what he was, I mean, that's all the the Bears were really lacking last season. So we just need. Hopefully, he gets a lot of work in, in the off season. Hopefully, Nick Foles coming in, kind of lights a fire him, under his ass. Like, yeah, shows him that I can't just settle for anything anymore, and I need to go out and prove that this is my team. So I mean, I think it's all once again like we uh, everyone said going into last season. It's it's gonna all come down to Mitch. Yeah, and I don't I don't a question that I still cannot answer and I don't know how to answer it is what the hell happened between two years ago and this past season? Mitchell Trubisky two year, two seasons ago he showed a hell of a lot of promise. We it's we were going in. I know we were going in the last season Super Bowl champs. They're cleaning the division out. They're gonna. We thought all this, and then Mitch came out and just. Well, look at all the MVP bets on him. Right, and I can't, I can't wrap my head around why. I don't know if it was the off season. I don't know if he got a little bit too. Oh, okay, I got this, and then he didn't put the work in, and, and defenses and coaches were able to figure him out. That could have had something to do with it. 
And, and the other thing also that, that, that I really feel like factored into that was the, was the fact that Mitchell Trubisky did not run a lot last year. I feel like he had a lot of success when he was scrambling out of the pocket, finding openings, just getting gains of like, you know, five, ten yards, nothing too heavy, but, but just something to get the offense moving, get them flowing. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, I miss that Mitch. I think a lot of it was the defense, honestly. And it might sound stupid, but, like, the defense two years ago was so damn good, and you can just kind of piggyback off the energy they were producing. You come in the next season or last season, and the defense isn't the same. I mean, it's basically the same lineup. We got bit by injuries, though, mm-hmm. and they're not producing the same energy. And Mitch is like, okay, this is really starting to fall on me now. Like, I need to go out there and be a leader. And he just couldn't do it. Obviously, he got hit with an injury, too, with that shoulder. Um, and then Chase steps in. You know, it's back. you can't expect the backup to do that much. So I think a lot of it was a defense a couple years ago. But, um, I mean, I hope – I really hope we can figure it out this year. I think Mitch – it's – Mitch and Nagy are in the right mindset. It's just putting that into play is what the issue is. Throw back to that week too, man, with the Rams. Everyone thought that was Trubisky's oh. last last game as a starter, dude. Just think – this season was such a roller coaster, man. It was. Oh my god, it was insane. You remember when we were talking about the when they like won like three games in a row? And we were like, oh, if they do this, they'll, they'll make the playoffs. And I'm like looking back at it. Now, and like, then shit, like what's I, the, the uh, tight end's name that didn't throw the lateral back? Was uh, it Shaheen? Or like Gale Harvard? Yeah, it's a, uh, I can't think of his name. Horstead? Yeah, Horstead? fuck that guy. Yeah, Jasper Horstead. Get him. Send him to the sun. Yeah. The dude doesn't have oh, enough. They have 10 active tight ends on the roster. They need to figure oh, yeah. out. Fucking, we brought in Jimmy Graham. Oh, Jimmy Graham. Oh, God. I don't like it. I would have much rather have gotten Jason Witten. Am I the only one? Austin Hooper. They should have paid Austin Hooper the house, dude. I don't know why they didn't go after that guy. I think they knew they were going to pick up Robert Quinn. They weren't going to have enough money to get a Hooper and Quinn, though. I think he came down. I would, I would take I Quinn over Hooper, though. Yeah, I would too. I but I, would, oh, I, would too. I mean, Jason Witten had a pretty solid season last year, better compared to Jimmy Graham, and they both got paid almost the same amount of money. Witten's a he's a he's a time bomb, though. You don't know one bad hit, his career is literally over. Like he didn't he go into retirement and that sucked as an announcer and then went back into the league. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Damn, Pat. I think my wife, wife was pissed and he couldn't go to the golf course, so he figured his only way out was to <laughs> sign another contract. I would have been Jimmy Graham in, in reality. I think we – I mean, I don't hate Jimmy Graham. I he's better, he, honestly, he's better than what we got. Yeah, he is, that uh, is it's true, but I think we paid a lot of money for him that he's not worth. But he is a step up from, you know, Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen and all those injury-prone guys. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Here's here's the other question about the Bears, too. They released Taylor Ga- Taylor Gabriel a couple months ago, I remember. Now, obviously, you have Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller as your one and two, but what else do you do at the receiving? Who, who's your number Riley three? Riley Ridley. Four? Yeah, I think it's Ridley's time. Okay, great, but but what do we I know would expect him? Cordell to get more playing time with our receivers, too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, I mean, first things first, we need to re-sign Al Robinson. Yeah. He absolutely. wants to play in Chicago. We need to give him the damn money because he deserves all of it. Yeah. You're getting Pat pissed. You're getting Pat pissed. I give know. Money. I think he's got – he's up for an extension. And he's expressed his, like, desire that he wants to play 
He loves the stadium. He loves the city. He loves, like, the vibe that's in this locker room. We need to pay him every penny because he deserves it. Oh, he made the pitch look way better than he actually is, and it's, that's not saying <laughs> The most underrated so, receiver in the league agreed. last year was Allen Robinson. He's not a prima donna. That's why, you know, all these guys, all these wide receivers are, like, just – have attitudes and think they're better than everyone else. Like he goes in there and he just ha- does what he has to do. Yeah. There's the truth. Respect to that man. Respect. We need to pay him. I do agree with you, Pat. I, I just hope that the bears can figure something out the- this upcoming year, because they have so much goddamn talent, especially on that defense, the defensive side of the ball. I really hope they can look like the defense that they did in 2018. And the, the one other thing about the bears too, I, truly believe that David Montgomery is going to make huge strides this year. I've been high on him ever since they drafted him. I'm really excited to see how he grows and progresses under Nagy. It all starts with Nagy, though. Nagy's got to give him the damn rock. Uh, that's where it starts. Like, Nagy and none of the huge shit. <clears throat> yeah, like, just Playful. Walk, round and pound. Yeah, just go power eye or just go right up the gut. Like, it's not even – don't do any fancy shit. I agree. That's Nagy's biggest problem, I feel like, last year. Because he pulled, he pulled so much like fancy stuff two years ago with the offense, and it made Mitch look really good. And then teams were like, "Okay, we're expecting the most bizarre shit out of Nagy's offense. We're going to prepare for that." And then when it came down to the simple, the basics, Mitch and Nagy couldn't do that. So they need to revert back to that, and they need to go. They need to tighten up the offensive line. That's a fact. I mean, Kyle Long's nowhere on the team. They need to either in the draft or with the money that they're getting from the new CBA with the the new cap salary. Yeah. They need to figure some out and add some, add some pieces. But I mean, it, I do agree with you. I think Montgomery is going to be an elite running back, but it all starts with Nagy and he needs to trust him and trust the offensive line and give him the damn ball, let him work. Yeah. And I, with, with Nagy, Nagy's not going to be calling all the plays this year. So I think that we're going to see a lot more versatility in that offense. I think the, who's the offensive coordinator right now? I forget his name. They just hired him. He's from the Bengals, isn't he? He is from the Bengals. I forget his name. But, um, you know, I, I did hear some pretty good things about him. So we'll, we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be an interesting – this is the this is a key year for the Bears. If they shit the bet again this year, it's going to be, okay, we have all this talent on defense and we're just wasting it away because we have such a subpar offense. Or they can figure it the fuck out and who knows? Maybe get to the playoffs. Maybe win a Super Bowl. Who knows? Hey, if Rex Grossman could take us to a Super Bowl, Mitch Trubisky can. For real, <laughs> dude. Rexy, baby. So true. All right, well, now we're going to start getting into what PT has to think about all of these moves so far in free agency. So without further ado, PT, take it away. everybody welcome to the second segment of this episode trying something a little different uh so right now we're going to talk about the bears free agency we got pt on the other side so i'm gonna let him take the reins go ahead pt yeah how's everybody doing um i hope everyone's kind of staying safe and hopefully staying inside that's what everybody needs to be doing right now that's why we'll try to give you a little bit of entertainment here for uh our chicago bears fans Mm -hmm. Uh, lots kind of happened actually which i've I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't think we were going to be this active in free agency. Um, right out the gate. I know, right out the gate. Uh, I mean, we can kind of just go through and touch on how we feel about um, a couple of these signings. 
Um, first, we'll start off with our boy, um, kind of our leader of the team on the defensive side, Dan Trevathan. Yep. Um, signed him a three-year deal. Um, I, I'm ecstatic. Also, Nick Kukowski, off to the Raiders. Um, we wish him the best because he really did kind of deserve uh, the money he got, and he definitely deserves because he will be a starter probably on that Raiders team. He's just He just kind of was behind two better players, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, that was cool. Um, nothing uh, – oh, we'll, we'll stay on the defensive side. So this was a huge surprise. We weren't – I don't think any of us were no. um, kind of seeing this coming. But Robert Quinn, um, he was, I think – was second in the league in sacks last year yep. um, for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I was when I saw this pop on my phone. I kind of do a double take because I wasn't too sure. I wasn't. I was very surprised. Um, but that was that was a huge. I think that was my best best signing for sure. Oh yeah, that was huge. That just strengthens our defense so much more. And uh, especially with the injuries that we had last year, it gives us a little bit more room if somebody gets nicked up. Exactly. And so here's the thing. So like. Um, we were looking for someone because everybody was focusing on Mac last, like when Hicks went out, yeah. everyone started to key in on Mac, and we're like, "Where's everybody else? Where's everybody? No one's stepping up." Flannery, mm-hmm. er, <laughs> Flannery, Leonard Floyd, <laughs> Flannery, I'm a Flannery, Flannery, but Leonard, uh, he he just wasn't getting it done the past two years. Yeah, he played his ass off against the Packers, and really, I don't, he must have really hated the Packers, which is super cool. But yeah. you know, um, he just wasn't getting. Um, an elite defense like that, you're gonna you're gonna get let go if you're not producing what you should be. Definitely. Um, so I think this is a massive upgrade. Just our defensive line is gonna be oh. To, and in another note too, Packers lost. Uh, who uh, was it? Uh, who did they lost one of their linemen? I think it was Belaga or someone like that. But the, he got shipped off somewhere in free agency. So they lost the lineman. We gained a defensive lineman. Yeah. But I know that we are definitely one up on the Packers right now. So that is huge. Um, as well, um, we'll move on now to the offensive side. Um, Jimmy Graham. Now, this was another surprise. Uh, I knew we, like, a, we were talking in our previous episodes that we need to go get a tight end in this this free agency. We yeah. need to improve our tight ends. Um, this wasn't exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely an upgrade, though. But it's oh, not the upgrade I, that we were looking for. Yeah, I, I, I agree. He's definitely an upgrade. He's better than Dog Shit Shaheen. No, and, um, 100%. And uh, it's just, I just hope he stays healthy. He's going to produce for us. He's mm-hmm. going to be probably put in on goal lines, uh, goal line and third down kind of instances. Uh, but Nagy's definitely going to use him as a weapon. Um, one issue we have right now, and it's very alarming, is we have 10 yeah. tight ends on our roster. Right yeah, now. I don't know how that happened when they're all dog shit. Yeah. They're all dog shit. Okay, I know we've been really hard on Trey Burton the last like couple years, but I think he truly could be a tight end if he stays healthy. But like yeah. he just hasn't, you know, and it's just it's just like part of the game. If you can't stay healthy, man, someone's gonna take your spot. And um, but I think and he's okay. And, and another thing I kind of just went through my head too, like we really, I really haven't thought about is he's gonna be a veteran in this locker room that's gonna kind of help Mitch and now Nick Foles too. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Yeah, kind of help them kind of just be a safety blanket or something and a good role model in the locker room. So that is another plus on Jimmy Graham. So, you know, that's not another – I wouldn't say it's a terrible signing, but it definitely was another surprise. I mean, most of these – most of I've, almost all, every single one of these, except for Trevathan, was a surprise to me. Um, and then we'll move on to uh, Nick Foles. Yep, okay. Nick, yep. So – Big Dick Nick, baby. Welcome so, to the uh, shy. So we had – we started at the beginning of the week. Teddy Bridgewater 
gonna come to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Okay. That's not okay. Sure. He's gonna. He's probably gonna need a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and then that got shut down immediately. Okay. And then he went to the Panthers. Oh, everyone's thinking Cam's coming. Cam's coming. Let's go. Cam's coming. I'm a little specs. I love Cam. Cam is a. I think he would have fit perfect in Chicago. Um, I'm just worried about his health. Yeah. Just, he's, that was he's just hasn't, hasn't been healthy. Hasn't been healthy. Um, so you know, I I don't. It's a it's a kind of pros and cons with Cam. You know, you get you get you get a great player, but he, he could we could end up with Mitch anyways if if he did come in and got hurt. So with Nick Foles, I know a lot of people are kind of bummed about this. One of our best like options right here. You know, mm-hmm. um, he, he he comes in and he's gonna give Mitch competition. Yes, and he's gonna he's he's gonna he's gonna push him to bring out his best. Yes, and if he doesn't, then Nick Foles is a pretty good quarterback too. Yeah, and 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 I was watching ESPN because that's really anything on ESPN is kind of really talking about free agents right now because that's all they have to talk about. Yeah, but um, they're saying that like Nick Foles is the at his best when he's kind of like in a mentor state. Mm-hmm. You know, with Wentz, he he came in and kind of was clutch, and so I feel like if we had the safety blanket with him, yeah, we owe him a lot of fucking money, but I think you know. If we need in analysis too, with another thing with Foles too, is they might try to go get Jalen Hurts now in the second round if yeah. he's still there. So I mean, there's so many possibilities with this. I'm not um, too angry with him uh, on this signing, but I, you know, I, it's kind of just, you know, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. There's one thing. How would you have felt if instead of Foles, we look towards Jameis Winston now that Brady's in Tampa Bay? So there we go too. So Jameis Winston, I've always been a big Jameis Winston fan. Yeah, me too. Um, I think, I mean, if you really think about what he, what what season he had this year, it's kind of like amazing. What what was it? What was it? Was it thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions? Yeah, he's the first ever to do it. That's incredible. Yeah, like to be really honest with you, he yeah. threw so like he threw so much, like it's unreal. Yeah. And I think like you know, yeah, thirty interceptions, but like that's probably the worst he'll ever throw. Like, yeah. So maybe he just got that. Like I, I, don't, I would have, I wouldn't have minded it one bit. I wouldn't have. Be, I, I feel like I would have rather have had him than Nick Foles. But yeah. then again, like you've been saying, I'm not too disappointed with Nick Foles. Yeah, and I think it. And you know, and here's the other thing too. I, I know a lot of Chicago Bears fans don't want to hear this too, but like if we, um, if Foles doesn't work out and Mitch is dog shit, yeah. we're probably tanking, and we're probably gonna go for. We're probably gonna go chase after one or two draft picks. So, yeah. just I mean, I, I don't want to talk about that because that's yeah. like the worst case scenario, and that sounds awful. Like, because we actually have so much potential now in our defense. Yeah, but you know what though? Another thing with the Bears that if Nick Foles and Trubisky doesn't work out, and we do end up tanking, we've got a lot of pieces that we can let go for yep. like for picks mm-hmm. or for money or whatever we need. Because yep, I mean, exactly. Robert Quinn alone. Or Khalil Mack, Hicks. I mean, all those guys would give us big capital. So, yeah, that, I think, let's, I think, let, let's not worry about that. Though, uh, yeah, well, I don't think we, we don't want to be negative right now in this kind of negative part of our time right now in the world. Um, is that all the free agency guys that we, we touched on so far? Yeah, that's it for free agency. Uh, I mean, do you see anybody else? Because I know that now the NFL has suspended free agency talks, I think, for two or three days because of everything that's going on. Do you see the Bears making any other moves? 
Because I feel like we're kind of limited now with all the money that we've spent so far. Yeah, I, I think we've spent a lot of. I'm more like I said. I don't think we we're gonna be active at all in free agency. I don't think so either. But I think the one thing they need to get done is it, they got to extend Allen Robinson. Like it, it's a must. Um, he, he's he's got he's our best wide receiver. He's he kind of really saved Mitch in so many situations last year. Um, he catch he goes and catches the ball. He stretches the field. He's just he's elite, and I think we need to pay him. And I think because he, he wants to be in Chicago. Yeah, I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter, but he's been like kind of posting some suspicious stuff recently, um, and people are saying that they're, he's in contract extension talks with the Bears. So I, I think that's the is. last thing they need to do. So yeah. but after that, I think you got to focus on the draft and kind of, you know. And, and here's another scary thing too: is I've seen all these predictions for the Bears draft now after they kind of got rid of that fourth round pick, and. I don't see any offensive linemen in any of these guys. Yeah, uh, which is the one thing that we need from the draft. We need uh, one, and that's what scares me about like go getting the quarterback in the second round. Like we, we need a we need a good pass like blocker and, and run blocker, and it's just like we need. I just don't like the fact that if we don't go get anyone, it's just, that's not good because we need to protect our two quarterbacks. Yes, definitely. They have, I mean, they have injury. In the like injury in their past, I mean, both of them, yes. the last few seasons, and, and then Foles was hurt for most of the last season too. So we got to protect our quarterback, give him time, because like we t- always talked about, Mitch, his confidence and being able to step it up in the pocket and find his his guys downfield. So I mean, we I feel like that's one of our big keys. Yeah, we definitely need to start cutting ties with some of the tight ends, but I think that does it for the Bears talk. All right. Anything else? Any one more questions? Any one more anything? <laughs> I'm all good, man. All good. Jay, I'm looking forward. Uh, Jay, I'm looking forward to our episode where we are uh, going. Yeah, to boy, do your damn research. Make yeah, I bet you are, buddy. No, he's scared. I, dude, I don't need to do my research. Oh, on, scared know. of what? Scared of what? You're scared of me because you know I'll bury you. Right. You know that, buddy. <laughs> all right well all right, boys. that does it for this episode everybody stay safe make sure you're listening to all your sports podcast needs in this uh troubling time uh make sure to check us out on twitter facebook apple podcast spotify leave us a review catch us in the next episode adios don't use hand sanitizer definitely use hand sanitizer all right, adios.